Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Inspired by one of the most beloved British family films of all time, Railway Children is an enchanting, moving, and heartwarming adventure. In 1944, as Britain's cities became increasingly perilous due to Nazi bombing, three evacuee children, Lily, Patty, and Ted, are sent by their mothers to the British countryside and out of harm's way. It is at that point that they meet a colorful and welcoming group of people who become an important part of this remarkable journey that is not without its own drama. The film again is called Railway Children, and we're joined today by the director, Morgan Matthews. Morgan Matthews, welcome back to Film School Radio. Very nice to be here again, Mike. As I mentioned in the introduction, this is a film that most British people would be very familiar with. It came out many years ago, and you have beautifully updated it, given it a a different feel, a different vibe, while at the same time maintaining the spirit of the original film. I'd like to talk a little bit about how this project came to you and why were you interested in doing it? Well, yes, in the UK, The Railway Children, the 1970 original directed by Lionel Jeffries is a classic and is, is, is very well known. Whilst I, I have memories of that film, I hadn't kind of watched it for a while. And it was only when the script landed in front of me that I went back to the original and uh, recognised some of the themes that continued into the new film, um, which is a, yeah, a sequel um, set set 40 years later, and recognised, I suppose, some of the essence of that original and some of the ing- ingredients, really, that had made it popular and so enduring as a, as a classic. And, and that appealed to me. And I, I think the, the original, for me, going back and looking at it, I, I suppose I understood a little more about why it had become such a, an enduring classic in that way and appreciated it uh, all over again, if you like, as, a, as an adult, because I think the last time I'd seen it was probably as a kid. But then, you know, I was just very focused on the film in front of us. And Danny, the writer, I know uh, when he approached it, he approached it in that way too. And so it was important to us to, to sort of pay homage to the original, but it was also important for us to create something new that stood on its own and that didn't need or require people who were watching it to have seen the original in order to appreciate and understand this film. It, the film deals with some fairly heavy topics, but I never felt watching it that it was it didn't shy away from the fact that this takes place during World War II and, and the sacrifices made by families. I wasn't familiar with this particular part of the war effort in Britain where children were shipped out of these cities that were the targets of the Nazis. But it's done in such a way that you you understand it. You understand the, 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 the hardship. But at the same time, you're able to really focus on the characters in the film. And that and this is a great cast. I thought this it's a young cast mostly. There's some as well as some very well-known actors like 
Jenny Augeter and Tom Courtney, also including Sheridan Smith and John Bradley. I love the character-driven approach to the film. Well, that's really good to hear. And we, particularly for the, the children, you know, we saw hundreds of, of kids and, and that was a, a really good process to go through. At the time during the pandemic, it was largely on Zoom, um, the auditions. But I think that made it easier for the kids because it put less pressure on it. And initially they send in self-taped auditions that they can do at home with a, a family member or a drama teacher or a brother or a sister. And, and you know, they can do as many takes as they like and then send the one that they're happy with. Uh, uh, don't send all the takes. <laughs> and, and then so you can see like a, a, a really significant number of, of kids um, in, in the UK um, from all around the UK, but then also um, in the States as well for the role of Abe played ultimately by KJ Akins. Then the recalls, you're, you're bringing back uh, still a very significant, significant number of these young people and they're on screen and they're in different parts of the country or in the States and you can swap one out and try this one and try that. And they just, we had a lot of fun. And initially I thought that this is going to be really weird. You know, these are supposed to be chemistry reads where traditionally you would get people together in a room and you see what the chemistry is like, but this is on a screen. So how's that going to work? And actually it worked really well because the kids were really comfortable with it. And they were probably spending most of their life on a screen anyway at that time, doing all their lessons and schoolwork. And so they were very comfortable with that kind of interaction. And they were able to do that from their own homes and they didn't have to travel you know, to London or anywhere else to do a, a 10 minute audition and uh, all the nerves and pressure that comes with that. And so that felt like it was a really good process and a really creative process. And we got a lot out of that in terms of you know, working the script and finding different ways of saying things and things that were more natural to them and just getting them more comfortable with each other. So when we did finally get together in person, that um, also felt very natural and they they all bonded really, really well. And we had a couple of weeks, actually more than that, it was a relatively short shoot, so six weeks. And, and the first four pretty much were just with the kids. And so that was great as well for, you know, getting that that group, you know, really kind of bonding and working well together. And we kind of established a really, a really good and productive way of working and, and a fun way of working. And one that wasn't too constraining for them, where they were allowed to, you know, still bring little bits of improvisation into it and have some fun as well. And so then when the adult actors came on board, they, I think, really responded well to that. And the kids brought such great energy to, to the set and location that that was quite infectious for everybody. And then you've got brilliant, experienced actors, incredible Tom Courtney, Jenny Agatha, you know, Sher Sheridan Smith uh, as well, and John Bradley, you know, who, who joined us. And as I say, I think they, they, they really kind of enjoyed that dynamic that had been created and established by the kids and fitted really well into it. No, I, I completely agree. Again, the story is uh, takes place during World War II. These children have been moved out of the cities, out of harm's way, but they are still touched by the war, by whether it has to do with a family member or an incident. A couple of things happen over the course of the film to bring home the point that this is, in fact, wartime. 
I, I want to just kind of single out a couple of the actors. I, I really think that uh, Bo Gadsden is really good in the film. I thought that the, she, her approach to the character was not overplayed. I felt she was, if, any, if anything, underplayed some of that character. And, and then at the appropriate times, you see her shine in the film. I really was impressed with her. And also with uh, K.J. Aikens as well. The, the two of them together in the film are, are pretty wonderful. Well, that's really good to hear. I mean, I, I think there's such a, a great young cast. And, and actually, in a way, similarly with uh, A Brilliant Young Mind, as it's called in the States, I was working with a lot of young people on that film, young actors, uh, with varying degrees of experience. And Asa Butterfield was the lead in that film. And people might know Asa from now from Sex Education. But uh, at that time, he had previously been the lead in the boy in the striped pajamas um, and Hugo, you know, one Scorsese film. And actually, um, A Brilliant Young Mind was probably the, the smallest film that he'd been in. But uh, again, working with an ensemble cast, a lot of other young people, some of whom hadn't done much at all. And, and that was the same for us on uh, Railway Children. Um, Bo, a little more experienced, um, has been in some very big films and played some, some big roles, relatively small roles in big films. And uh, and then others who hadn't done so much. And, and KJ uh, had uh, uh, done some theatre and uh, had been in The Lion King, um, but not a great deal of film or TV at that time. But I thought that they just worked together brilliantly. You know, one of the great things about casting young people as well uh, is you're, you're really just casting them purely for the performance and not what they've done before and not what value they bring to the production in terms of financing it or anything like that. It's just, let's see hundreds of kids and we'll just pick the ones who are kind of brilliant, working together brilliantly. And you see so many other talented kids as well. And I think it's really exciting to see these young people on the beginning of their journey um, as an actor and, and whether that's the pathway that ultimately ultimately they choose to go down, they're all clearly very talented. It really is a great cast. And I want to let people know that it's being released through Blue Fox Entertainment. It's coming out this Friday, September 23rd. And the website, I'll just direct people to blueentertainment.com and Railway Children is there. So you can check out the different theaters, whether you're hearing our voice in Los Angeles or wherever across the country. There's a number of different theater chains that are picking up the film. So be looking for it um, however you can. And again, when going back to your film style, uh, I I mentioned it feels there's a very light touch in the that you have. Uh, I think all of these, all the elements work well together in the film. The look of it's beautifully shot. You have great, it's just sort of a great look to the film, a great sort of uh, overall look to the film. Everything works very well in it. Let's talk a little bit about the cinematography, because I do think that that was an important part of the film. What were you looking for? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, I worked with a DOP who I hadn't worked with before, Kit Fraser. um, And I would absolutely jump at the opportunity to work with him again. He's is a, a fantastic cinematographer um, and a wonderful man to work with. And he's made and uh, he's shot some, some very interesting films, including a, a film called Under the Shadow, um, di- directed by Babak Anvari, who is a, a sort of long time collaborator with Kit. 
I also brought on board a DOP um, from the docs background that I have, documentary background, um, and somebody who I've worked with a lot in documentary called Brendan Easton. And he was often shooting second camera and, uh, and we were often shooting two cameras generally. And that's partly because, you know, with the kids and just generally, I, I like to create an environment where each performance can, each take can be slightly different. And it really helps to have that, that coverage with two cameras. And also there's a lot of handheld and partly my background as a documentary maker, but I think just having that fluidity again with the kids, just generally and that sense of new movement and it not being a very kind of static, rigid period film in a classical sense in that way um, was it was important to me. And just having that sense of kind of movement and energy and the camera being able to move with people and especially if they were doing something slightly different to the way that they were doing it before. And you don't want the kids to be so conscious of hitting marks and everything like that and the timing of everything that it, it takes away from their performance and their performance becomes less natural as a result. So, so that was really important to me. But it was also important that it, it didn't look like a documentary and that it looked like cinema and a movie. And that is, you know, down to, to kids. Great work, yeah. really. Yeah, everything. I couldn't agree more with what you were saying. There is one uh, character I that I really liked, and I'm, he's not in the film a lot. You know, what I'm talking station master. Station master. Yeah, and and so he would be um, played by John Bradley. And, I just thought John... he added there was this sort of comedic element that he had. He had this very kind of you know, he just brought a lot a light comedic touch to the role, and I just thought it was one. He just I was immediately gravitated to his character. I think. No, well, it's great to hear. Um, the character Richard, the station master, played by John Bradley. John, um, people may know from Game of Thrones, or he's very well known from Game of Thrones, um, for people who watch that. But he also ha he has a great comedic sense um, of timing and humour generally. And we actually didn't have John for, for that long, just a few days. But he automatically brought that uh, to, to the scenes that he was in. And again, little bits of improvisation, funny stuff that, that kind of made it into the final cut. And for me, it's, it's much, much richer for it. But um, his character was also inspired by the original film um, and a character uh, called Perks, who was played by Bernard Cribbins, um, who very sadly passed away just recently. And we had hoped because, again, for fans of the original, uh, Bernard's character Perks is a very memorable character alongside uh, Jenny Agatha's Bobby. And we had hoped that he would be able to join us for a, a couple of scenes. But unfortunately, he wasn't very well at the time and his, his wife was unwell too. And then sadly, he's passed away since the release of the film. And, and he was, you know, such a... a sort of icon in, in, in the UK and very, very well loved. And lots of us grew up with him on, on our screens. So a very, a very sad loss. But there is some essence of his character, Perks, in Richard, who is meant to be his grandson. He's meant to be grandson of Perks. And although that isn't made explicit in the film, partly because people watching wouldn't necessarily have seen the original and, you know, you want to make 
understandable for, for kids who would be watching and not confuse anyone. But uh, for us who were making it, we, we know that Richard is the grandson of Perks and, and he carries with him some of that uh, humour um, that Perks had in the original. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a smallish role, but just terrific. Just does a lot with it. Well, my congratulations to you, Morgan Matthews, again. Uh, we Again, you were on for Brilliant Young Mind. That was a wonderful film, and this is in that tradition. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed both of these films. And my my uh, as I said, my congratulations to you for your work. Uh, people want to find out more about Railway Children. Again, you can go to bluefoxentertainment.com, and you'll find out more about where it'll be screening, and I urge you to do so. And until next time, I hope you'll come back again, uh, Morgan. I thoroughly enjoy uh, your, our conversation and uh, look forward to more. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mike. And I'll, I'll try not to leave it so long next time. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 